because we've been doing it for so long, we've had a longitudinal study of where the children have developed and, and what has happened. And a lot of the children that have excelled on WordMasters have become our national merit scholars, our national presidential scholars, and also our junior scholars, of course, too. So there's, there's a direct correlation with their progress later on, starting with WordMasters in third grade. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. It's a little bit of social work, a little bit of science, and a little bit of passion. The most valuable resource is also their time. It just can't be wasted on fluff. But we have to be able to continuously poll our students and just give them voice. We have to pick texts that are totally going to push their thinking. Welcome, everyone. This is Christy Hemingway, your host, and you just heard our guest today, Susan Holcomb. Susan teaches gifted and talented second and third graders from four different elementary schools in the Spartanburg School District 7 in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And the resource she's going to share today with us is important. Here's why. Words have power. In a recent Boston Globe article, Four-time presidential candidate Ralph Nader accurately stated that, quote, whoever controls the language gets a big head start in the battle for public opinion. Choosing words carefully is fundamentally important to effective communication, end quote. Words control the narrative and enable us to conceptualize and shape ideas. So it's concerning to note that vocabulary tests in U.S. students reflect a steady decline since 2009. We're losing our power of expression. Part of this vocabulary decline undoubtedly correlates to the overall decline in reading, as students spend more time on screens and less time with books. Also, many teachers have moved away from the traditional drill-and-kill method of vocabulary and spelling instruction finding it less engaging and effective than desired, but they've not necessarily replaced that instruction with a more engaging alternative. But there are other options, and Susan is here to tell you about one of them. It's a program that you are going to want to get a hold of, and of course, you can find it at edcuration.com. Let's hear from Susan. I asked her to tell us about her role teaching gifted and talented students. I've actually always taught gifted and talented. Now, this year, I only teach third grade, but usually when, when things are normal, I teach second and third grade. When I teach second grade, I go to all their schools and I go into the classrooms and teach second graders thinking skills. And every week we cover a different thinking skill. And analogies is one of those thinking skills. And then in third grade, I teach the children who I've been identified as gifted and talented, and they're the ones bust to me. But everybody in second grade gets that program, the Brain Boosters program. Oh, that's lovely. And you came on the podcast today to share, speaking of analogies, about a specific program that you've been really enjoying using with your students. So tell our audience about the program. Word Masters. We have been doing Word Masters in our district for about 25 years. I think we started back in 1999, maybe. Okay. And how did you first learn about WordMasters? I had a supervisor back then who 
found out about it. It might have been that she got a mailing about it and saw the program and she just was really excited about it. Word Masters is about a lot more than just vocabulary. And I thought she saw the potential then of what it could do for our children. And because we've been doing it for so long, we've had a longitudinal study of where the children have developed and, and what has happened. And a lot of the children that have excelled on Wordmasters have become our national merit scholars, national presidential scholars, also our junior scholars, of course, too. So there's, there's a direct correlation with their progress later on, starting with Wordmasters in third grade. Wow, that is an amazing testimony. So for people who don't know anything at all about Wordmasters, who have never heard of it, which is probably most of our listeners, unpack it for us. Tell us what this is and how it works. So it is a vocabulary competition, but it's not a competition where they're just memorizing vocabulary words and being tested on them. It's where they memorize the vocabulary words the first week. That's the start of it, just memorizing the words. Then they learn how to analyze the words and apply the words and how to really study the words because the test is in the form of analogies. And there's a lot of mental gymnastics that go along with solving analogies. FYI, teaching vocabulary through analogies is highly effective for multiple reasons. Most obvious is that analogies provide context and application. But also, there is an ample body of research supporting the use of analogies to help people of all ages comprehend change. Analogies help us find similarities in the unfamiliar. So by teaching students how to apply analogies, they can more closely identify with peers who look, behave, or think differently. They can cope better with challenges and navigate change. In other words, teaching vocabulary through analogies provides social-emotional learning. Boom, multiple birds with one stone. Let's hear Susan lay down her pedagogy. So when I teach Wordmasters, I start off just introducing the words. And most of the Wordmaster words they select are going to have multiple meanings. So it's not just a straightforward definition. It might be like the word bay, B-A-Y, has nine definitions. And they have to know all nine definitions. And they have to know, well, when do I use it? When does it mean this? And when does it mean that? So they have to be able to use context clues to figure out which definition it is. And then when they see it in an analogy, they have to figure out which, in, which definition is being used in this analogy based on the word it's paired with. So they have to really be analytical thinkers to solve analogies with the words. So how does, is it like a spelling bee? So I'm, I'm imagining like, you know, a school has a spelling bee and then they have their grade level spelling bee and then they have their like district-wide spelling bee and then they have their statewide spelling bee and then they, you can go to the national spelling bee if you work your way up. How does the actual competition work? So one round of Wordmasters is three weeks long. So it's accelerated, it's rigorous and it's accelerated. The children only have three weeks. The competition goes like this. Out on the third week, they all take a test. The test has 20 analogies. At the end of the week, when all of my students have taken the test, the top 10 scores make up our team that competes nationally. So whoever scores my top 10 scores. Now, if you made the team in the first round, well, we have a clean slate for the second round. 
So the second round, we take another test. That test is cumulative. So it's going to cover the first list of words and now a second list of words. So the test gets harder because you have more words and they get to start all over. So maybe children who didn't do well on the first test score my top 10 on the second. So they all get a chance to make the team during the year. Nice. And so it's three weeks and then it's another three weeks for the second round or how many rounds are there? Okay, there are three rounds and each round is three weeks long, but they occur about every two months. So we have about two months between them. And then how does the national contest work? So once we send in our top 10, along with our top 10 scores, and that gives you a total team score, then our score is compared with other teams nationally. And then just based on your total, that's where you learn about your ranking. That's where you learn about your ranking. So they don't actually have to travel or compete live or anything like that. All they have to do is take a test in the classroom. Is that all you're doing during those three weeks in your classroom? Or is this kind of a supplemental thing? Or that's all you're working? That is all that I'm doing. I'm not a regular classroom teacher since I teach gifted and talented. I devote my entire class time, those three weeks, to Word Masters. Three weeks is, well, I only have three hours a week. And that's just really not a lot of time. So it's like a giant cram session. Now, the fourth and fifth grade gifted and talented students go to their class for five hours once a week. So those teachers do work on two different things. They might do a little bit of math in the morning and then do Word Masters in the afternoon. I spend all my time on Word Masters. Okay. And so this program is really unique. When I first learned about it, it made me want to be back in the classroom, which happens to me a lot. I find out about all kinds of things that make me want to be back teaching kids. But talk about how this goes beyond other kinds of academic and language competitions. I mean, I mentioned spelling bees. This is just so much more. Well, I will just tell you, it's really not just about vocabulary at all. What I feel like is that it's, it's about vocabulary, about analyzing words, but it's more about learning how to take a test, learning how to study, and learning how to analyze something really deeply. A lot of third graders, especially because they're young and because they are, they've always been the top of their class with gifted and talented, they are used to just acing everything. Like they can look at a study guide and they've got it. But with word masters, it does not matter how smart you are because if you do not prepare for it, you will not do well. And I see an interesting metamorphosis with students. I see students who come to me very confident and sure of themselves. And they just know when they take this test, they're going to they're do well. And then they don't because they haven't prepared. So the second round, they work a lot harder. And those children end up doing really, really well in the second test. But it can be very humbling for children to learn that you have to have what I call tools in your toolbox. So you can't just get lucky. You can't just guess at something. Wordmasters will put several good answers, but the children need to know how to find the most exact answer. I just want to emphasize here that although Susan teaches gifted and talented students, Word Masters Challenge is not solely an enrichment program. It's essential instruction for all students. Vocabulary is actually an issue of equity. Here's how. Vocabulary skills represent an economic divide. A seminal study in 1995 found that children whose families were on welfare 
heard on average 616 words per hour, while children from wealthier families heard 2,153 words per hour. That's almost three and a half times as many words. The National Center for Family Literacy confirms that these results have been shown to last into adulthood. Why does this matter? Because, as Ralph Nader reminded us, whoever controls language controls public opinion. Climbing down off my soapbox now, let's get back to Susan. Now, another interesting thing that happens is you have children that do extremely well on the first test. And then they think, I've got this. Well, what happens is what we're seeing with the test this week is that they become, if they don't continue those study habits, then their scores will drop. So it's been very enlightening for a lot of children, but to watch them experience growth and to learn how they have to use test strategies, that to me is the most important thing of all. Learning how to study, because these kids usually haven't had to study before, and learning how to use test strategies to outsmart the test maker. I love that it focuses a lot on just the discipline and persistence and tenacity of just buckling down. So you teach second and third grade, but what is the grade span for Wordmasters? Okay, Wordmasters starts in third grade. So we don't, we don't do that with our second graders. It starts in third and goes through eighth grade, I believe. Okay. And so a student could potentially participate in Wordmasters all the way from third grade up into eighth grade. Oh, yeah. Our kids do. Our kids start in third and go all the way through eight. Oh, okay. So talk about just the logistics. You, you said that a regular classroom teacher could easily implement this. It doesn't have to be implemented as an extracurricular. It doesn't have to be implemented through the Gifted and Talented program. They could. So how, if a teacher came to you and said, give me some tips about how I might use this in my classroom, what would you tell them? Oh, this is great because First of all, there is a blue division and a gold division. And blue division is for the regular classroom, whereas the gold division is separated for gifted and talented. So absolutely, classroom teachers should do this. I would love to see every school doing this as part of their ELA instruction or even just part of their morning work that they do, just practices. We do a lot of fun things with the words, like a lot of kinesthetic activity. So like when we're walking to the library, we will act out the words. Like right now, I might say, okay, one of our words is traipse. We might traipse to the library and then slog back to the room. (laughs) So you you can just work it in any time of day. It doesn't even have to be part of the instruction. You've been doing this for a long time. So I'm not sure if, if you have much of a comparison, but what do you see? What have you used or what do you see other teachers using for analysis vocabulary who before, like before you found Wordmasters, what was the alternative? I know that they have done other vocabulary programs, which I'm sure are good, but it was more just learning the definitions like, and solving like crossword puzzles with them. This is so much more in-depth because they have to truly analyze the word where they don't just memorize a definition. They're having to apply various definitions. The test strategies to me are the most valuable thing. At, let me tell you what we're doing right now. Right before we started Wordmasters, I was teaching algebra and logic. The same skills that we use to solve the analogies, the same test strategies we use to solve logic problems. There's a lot of overlap between just analogies and math. 
and people may not realize that. Just learning how to use the process of elimination when you take any test. And would you say that it's that contextual framework that really creates the transfer for kids and they're able to make it part of their regular vocabulary and that it finds its way into their writing and they're able to hold on to the concept? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, the kids, one thing I do is I give them extra credit if they find a word master word in any form of print anywhere. So now they're finding them in their books. And whereas before they might not have understood what the word means, now they know. So it's not just teaching vocabulary, but I've also had kids get so excited about words. I had a little boy one year. He was kind of a a gifted underachiever. I remember that his mom sent me a photograph. He made her pull over on the emergency lane of an interstate because he saw a Wordmaster word on a billboard. (laughs) And she had to take a picture and send it to me. And he was getting excited about words. I love it. That's so fun because I was just going to ask you if you wanted to share a success story. Do you have any other favorite student or class success story? Oh, my goodness, yes. So I had a student one year who was from Mexico, and he did not speak very good English at all. He actually understood it, but he could not speak English. Whenever he got the word master words, I would always have them highlight. We'd go through just the list of words, and I always had them highlight the words that they did not already know so that they would know which words to focus on. He always highlighted every single word. (laughs) But by the end of class, after we had just gone over them one time, he had committed the meanings to his head, and he always made the word master team. He always scored high on word masters. And that was a child who was just learning English. So helpful. So I'm curious, and you've already talked about this a little bit, but What kinds of things have you been able to achieve using this program that you feel like you wouldn't be able to achieve otherwise? I mean, you you talked a little bit about the overall impact on long-term learning with the success of some of your students. Can you say more about that? Well, I believe that it takes the entire year. It's, It's a process the first year, and I'm with them the first year they do this. It really develops children into becoming more autonomous with their learning. They become very independent learners, you know, whereas in first and second grade, your parents helped you a lot with the work. Maybe they helped you with your homework or they helped you with studying. This has the children owning their own work. The parents can help them learn the definitions, but when it comes to solving analogies, the children have to be able to do this on their own. They have to be committed to studying. The children have to want it. I'll tell you, just this past week, I had a little boy that dropped in his test score. He He started off with a a higher score and dropped about three points, and he was really upset about it. Well, you know, I said, I am always available after school. I I will do after-school sessions with a child anytime if they want just a little extra help on learning how to use the strategies. So it develops that motivation. You really find out a lot about your students when it comes to word masters because the children that are driven, and it, it doesn't matter how smart you are, it's more of your inner drive. But the children develop this inner drive and this independence that they didn't have when they came into the program. And now they know, they learn how they study the best. So do, in general, do the students like it and what do they like about it? That's a good question. In a gifted program, most children are gifted in one area and their area might be math. So if their area is math, then maybe word masters is more challenging. 
but I try to make it really fun, try to use a lot of games and a lot of creative, like really art. art. We, we do a lot of artistic expression with the words. Might, we might make a tableau, you know, with the words. We might, we do a lot of illustrations. I will say they love the games, but the test is stressful, but it's so rewarding to them when they beat their score by one point. And that is the goal. We don't even let anybody know what each other scores. Their scores are private, but their goal is to beat their score by one point each time they take the test. Well, and I mean, it's a competition, right? So right. just like you would get a little bit nervous before a softball game. Right, right. There's a certain amount of stress in there, but it's kind of good stress because it's competitive. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned a ball game because one of the analogies that I gave my students this week, not a word master analogy, one of the analogies I gave is we were talking about using strategies. And I've developed these eight strategies that I want my students to use. And this little boy took the test. So I made a practice test and he didn't use any of his strategies. And so I said, now, he's an athlete. I said, when you see a football team out in a huddle on a field, why are they in a huddle? Well, the little boy told me, he said, well, they're making a plan. I said, right. I said, they're making a plan. Now, what if I decide, "Mm, I don't really want to use that. I don't need to use that plan. So I'm just going to do my own thing. He said, well, then you're probably going to lose. And I said, that's right. (laughs) So it's basically, you know, you have a toolbox and these are your tools. And instead of using your hands to do the job, you have these tools, but if you can choose to use them or not. So he chose not to use the tool and then his, his score dropped. But the children who use their tools, they excel, they, they improved. They see that it takes like one or two tests for them to believe me. And, and I feel more like a coach than a teacher. Yeah. Because those study skills carry over into all the content areas and are going to serve them so well in secondary school and on into college, I'm sure. And I'm actually friends with some of my former students who are now adults. You were asking about those word master words. They still remember their third grade word master words. A lot of people told me that the word masters made a huge impact on their education. That's lovely. How long would you say? as a teacher, it takes to get proficient? I mean, how much is there to learn about the program and the materials and everything for a teacher? Basically, all Wordmasters does is send you 25 words and the teachers have to decide how they are going to teach those words. And then three weeks later, they send you the test. We have to decide the teachers can spend as little time on it as they want or as much time as they want. I love Wordmasters. So I spend a lot of time developing lessons for it, but I didn't start off that way. I started off maybe making just a couple of activities and working it into the lessons that I was already teaching. Yeah. So there's not really a learning curve for teachers. They don't have to attend a professional development or anything like that. They can just jump right in if they want to. And what teachers would you recommend? Check this out. You talked about ELA teachers, but who else might want to check out WordMasters? Any regular classroom teacher in elementary school, then in middle school, definitely the ELA teachers, especially the honors teachers. Great. Well, is there anything that you wanted to talk about or share with our listeners that you haven't had a chance to tell them yet? I think the neatest thing about WordMasters is the crossover, that the skills that you learn to solve analogies you can use in all of the other areas of learning. 
Well, thank you so much, Susan. I'm super excited to share this with our listeners, and I really appreciate you taking the time today. I'm kind of glad that you ended up having a snow day so that you could take some time and, and talk to all of our listeners about Wordmasters. Well, thank you very much, Christy. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling me. Every advance achieved by humanity started as a thought brought forth through words. Ugandan activist Stella Nyanzi who spent more than a year in prison for her protest poetry recently told NPR. My most dangerous weapon is language and words and the intelligence to string up words that provoke a response from a dictator who has pretended to be deaf. Nyanzi believes her words will help pave the way for a free Uganda. That interview got me thinking. Is it too grandiose to suggest that an abundance of words, along with the precise and nimble use of them, is one of the best gifts an education can provide? If you've just been waiting for an engaging way to incorporate more vocabulary instruction, then head to edcuration.com, search for Word Masters Challenge, and get started. And while you're there, find some enrichment for yourself. Our many professional learning opportunities include our exploration micro-professional learning courses, frequent content-specific webinars, and our blog. Reach out to us if you have a topic or resource you'd like to share with our podcast audience. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find episode notes and resources on Podbean. Leave us a comment or a question. We love to hear from you, and we hope you'll share us with your colleagues. This is the Ed Curation Podcast where we partner with educators and innovators everywhere to reshape learning.